Hey guys, I'm here with uh, Xavier Page. How are you? Pretty good, and you? Awesome. I'm gonna give guys, uh, the people watching this, a little intro about you, and then I have a few questions for you. All right, so uh, passionate about cycling, technology, and urbanism, Xavier is the co-founder and chief executive officer at Smart Halo. Following studies in political science, he launched Smart Halo with what was left in his bank account, $25. Uh, by creating tools that encourage cycling, he hopes to transform cities, make them greener, more hospitable, and more human. So welcome to the uh, e-commerce geniuses show. Thank you, thank you, I'm excited. I'm very excited to do this with you as well. I mean, I've known you for, uh, for a little while now and uh, visited your offices. We did a meetup uh, there as well. And I love your product. I think it's very innovative. So I'm, I'm definitely happy to have you on the show. Of course. Pleasure is mine. Awesome. So uh, what is Smart Halo? Um, so Smart Halo is a, a connected uh, device for urban cyclists. It's a product that you install on your handlebar and pairs with your smartphone and that will turn your bike into a smart bike. So basically it's a, it's a navigation device. It will um, guide you to your destination turn by turn so that you can rediscover your city. It's a front light that turns on automatically uh, at night. It's an alarm system that keeps your bike safe. It's a fitness tracker that uh, you know, allows you to, to, to improve your health. And it's a personal assistant that will notify you of uh, incoming calls and SMS while you bike. That's all the features for, for one product. So how did you come up with the idea of Smart Halo? Um, so about four years ago, I was, uh, I was biking as I always do. For me, cycling is, uh, is my main mode of transportation. And um, I, I was biking to a, to a new place. And I was biking with the phone in my hand. And suddenly, I, I, I looked down on the phone, look up. and something happened and I dropped the phone on the floor and then I, I shattered the screen. Uh, so the, the phone was still working, but you know, with you know, uh, big scratches on it. And then about two weeks after uh, my bike got stolen. I, I know that uh, this, you know, lots of people can relate to that. Uh, it's very common uh, in Montreal, but it's common everywhere else. Lots of people get their bike stolen and it's a huge problem. So starting from that, we, we uh, with a friend of mine, we started to think like, what, what can we do to, 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 to fix this problem? So we came up with, uh, you know, a, a first idea of what could, what Smart Halo could be. I mean, it wasn't called Smart Halo back then. It was just like some, you know, some LED type thing. Uh, but we knew that uh, we would connect this with a smartphone because now everybody has a smartphone. So this would be the starting point. Uh, what have been your biggest challenges with this business? I guess one of the, the, the main challenges is, uh, is financing, you know, all the time. Um, we, we have to, uh, to build a product, uh, from an idea and, you know, we started with nothing. We, and you, you said that in, when you introduced me at first that, uh, we started, um, smart Hill with what was left in the bank account, which was $25. And it's true. You know, we, we started this for founders, $25 each. And so, so it was completely bootstrapped uh, from the beginning. So we, we started with some pitch competitions. Uh, we won some small grant of like $1,000. And with that, we, we built uh, the, the initial prototype. Uh, then we got an another grant for $5,000. And then we could you know, keep improving on, on what we had. And then after that, we 
we launched a product on Kickstarter. So as you know, Kickstarter is a, is a crowdfunding platform that allows creators to, to, uh, to suggest projects and then uh, to get the money up front to build it. Initially, we were hoping to raise uh, $67,000. And we thought with $67,000, we can do this project. We can build this device and start selling it. You know, what we didn't expect was that it would, you know, uh, that lots more people would be interested in, in, in this product. So we ended up raising 500,000 on Kickstarter, which was, you know, way more than, than, than we hoped uh, to achieve. And, and yet at that point, we were only selling an idea, you know, we were uh, taking people's money to, to, to just, you know, to do this project that we would ship at some point, you know, we didn't have a product yet. You know, we had a prototype that was barely functioning, uh, but it wasn't a product yet. Right. We somehow pushed to the future, uh, a liability and we got the money in advance to, to keep moving forward. Right. And it's always been like that, right. Try to, to get money now to, to move the needle a little bit, right. And achieve some milestone and then raise more money and then try to, to, to do more. You just mentioned, but I know already that you had a very successful Kickstarter campaign. So what has been your key to success for that campaign? I, I would say that the, the main, um, the main advice I give to entrepreneurs that uh, want to launch their own Kickstarter campaign is to collect as many emails from potential customers as possible before the launch. We had about 2000 emails. I know that some campaigns launch and have even more. Emails are important uh, because they make your first day of campaign great. Because when you, when you launch, you want to basically break the algorithms of, of, of Kickstarter. So when you, you, you send emails all, all across the board, you get, you know, you get your first clients to come in there and then, you know, it builds by itself. And then the, 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 the Kickstarter platform will start to, to find you and recognize you. And then, you know, as you get your first good day, then the media picks it up. Right. And then, you know, it becomes viral. But what, what really matters, I think, is getting that first, that first day right. And, and the best way to do that is to collect as many emails as possible. Kind of a random question, but what do you think was the percentage or the split between the money invested on Kickstarter by people that were already in your community, you know, friends and people that knew you and knew about your product and were interested in, in you know, supporting you in your efforts, as opposed to new people that came by, like from Kickstarter, like people that didn't know about your product before, saw it on Kickstarter, were like, oh, that's cool, and then donated. I mean, the, the people I knew that, that actually, you know, pledged and, and backed us on Kickstarter, it was, I would say, less than 5% for sure, probably less than 1%. You know, it was overwhelmingly people I had never heard of. Uh, now, how many of them were from emails that we had in the beginning? I'm not sure. You know, it's a, it's a good question. I should probably calculate that, right, to, to get a feel uh, on the conversion rate for that initial list of emails. I've read at many places that uh, you can expect about uh, 5% of your email list to convert, right? So the, the, the challenge is how many emails do you need to get to 100% on the first day? Right? So it will depend for each campaign, uh, but it's something that you need to think in advance.
I know you have a very beautiful website. It also evolved over time, and I saw you know a few versions of it. But what are your current biggest uh, drivers of sales at this point? I mean, right now it's January, so January is a very bad month for sales, uh, just because we're in a you know nobody thinks about cycling in January. Uh, we're after the Christmas period, so it's a bit spread out. We you know we had this uh, this distribution deal with Apple. So a lot of our sales came from Apple during the, the, the Christmas season. So that, that's one for sure uh, that we expect to, to keep growing. We recently launched on Amazon. So Amazon's doing pretty well. So starting today, uh, we're finally available for Prime. Uh, so I'm quite happy with that. It took a while to, to get there. But overall, like if you, took, if you take a look at all the sales we've done so far, it's overwhelmingly our own distribution, our own website. Um, so I, I would, advice, you know, people that are building uh, physical products to really own uh, their own website, because then you don't depend on anybody. Making sure that you have a repeatable uh, process for acquiring new customers and getting them to, to, to buy on your website, that's, that's very important. Any tips on, before we move on to the next question, uh, any tips on how to have a really good website that will convert for e-commerce? Ah, that's a good question. And you know what? I don't even think that my website is is great for conversions. I think there are, there are some neat things about uh, about this website, but uh, there are so many things we can improve. Um, I think you have you need a clear call to action. That's for sure. It needs to you know I would say there's so many things you know needs social validation. Uh, of course, you need to show the features. You need to show not just features, but explain why it's useful for, for users. Our website's probably a bit slow, uh, you know, and I, I, I read that uh, many people will drop out of the website if it takes more than three seconds to load. You know? So people like expect websites to be really, really fast and our website you know, might be a bit bloated. So this is something we're working on at the moment. Conversion is hard, conversion is really hard. You know, it's about converting on the website, but also the quality of the traffic that you're bringing really matters. So yes, you could, you know, buy traffic from India, thousands and thousands of, of visitors, but well, doesn't mean they will convert, even if the, the, web, the website is well designed, right? So thinking about uh, the, the, what kind of tra traffic you're sending uh, is important too. Right, makes sense. Okay, uh, last question is, what would be your top three pieces of advice for e-commerce entrepreneurs? Hmm. Okay, so I need to think about three things. Um, if possible. Yeah, I would say first is to try to get a channel that works for you. That channel won't be scalable to, to infinity, but you need to find one that works and then move into other ones. So for instance, for us, uh, Facebook advertisement has worked pretty well. We know that it doesn't scale uh, forever, uh, but it works to some point. And, so, so, so the goal is to try to get it to that point where you know, it, it's, you're still making money when you're spending advertising dollars. I would say the, the, another advice is to try to capture emails on your website uh, because some people don't convert as soon as they get to your website. And, and it's sort of obvious, right? You know, you, whenever you buy something, you, you don't buy it right away. Sometimes you think about it for a few days. If you, if the person comes to your website and then, oh, that's neat. And then they just leave forever. And then you don't remind them that uh, this product exists. They will m most likely forget, right? So you need to have a way to retarget these people. So 
one way to retarget obviously is to is to put ads elsewhere on Facebook or on Google, but email advertising works pretty well. So one way that that we found uh, that actually works is to uh, either get people to sign up for coupons. You know, you could say, "Oh, enter your email and get a ten percent coupon, ten percent discount," or you could say, "You know, try to incentivize them to sign up for some reason." You know, "Oh, we'll send you." Uh, news about this or that, you know, try to get to, to provide value to the user. And um, maybe third piece of advice, uh, we've found that uh, PR works pretty well. So getting press articles to, you know, getting other people to write about you. Because, you know, of course I can say that my product is fantastic, but if I can get some, some journalists to, to say that, it's even more uh, worthwhile. Um, and, and, and again, people don't convert right away. So if you know, they, they hear about you in an article, they come to your website, oh, that's interesting. And then you retarget them on Facebook, oh, they come and then they subscribe, then they leave, right? And then you can send them a, a few emails that are automated. So there's this automatic flow and then, and then they finally convert, right? It takes time and you should never expect to have a conversion right away. I also think that you have a very uh, PR-worthy product. I mean, it's a really unique product, and I'm sure journalists were very happy to write about it. Um, I put the uh, the link to the website. I think I got it right, smarthill.com. Um, what's your call to action for people watching this? What would you like do, them to do? Would you like them just to check out your website or do something else or Kickstarter? Yeah, I mean, check out the website, and I'm sure you have one friend recycles, even during winter. So. And that person most likely has got their bike stolen at some point. So he would probably appreciate to, to know about this product. Xavier, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a very uh, busy entrepreneur, but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation. Have a good night. You too.